Game Boys. You know, I heard that they're. I heard that uh, if your thermostat is connected to your Wi-Fi in Texas, they're artificially raising it to eighty degrees. Whoa! I haven't heard that, and ours is not. <laughs> but that would be so crazy. <laughs> it's a news story. So yeah, uh, folks, unplug your Wi-Fi's. The smart house is betraying you already. <laughs> yeah, maybe the smart house not so smart after all. Smart fridge. I want the smart fridge to crush me. <laughs> I, I, I don't, this is like a bigger conversation that involves like looking at things in a real way, but like, it's so strange that getting crushed by things has been the new like way of indicating that you think they're cool or good. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it, it definitely has had a renaissance of sorts. Um, but you know, I was speaking more of the sense of, you know, typically on the warning signs on the fridge, it's like tipping over, but now it's like a picture of like a claw coming out and choke holding you. That's what the fridge can do to so be careful. Yeah. It's just like, it's just so weird that everyone's like, man, I really want this tall lady to choke me and step on me or like, wow, LeBron James run me over with a car, daddy. And it's like <laughs> everyone's just trying to be a sub for clout. Yeah, that's true. But then see that that raises another question, which is like, what do subs do with clout? <laughs> they, well, they gain followers, which is the live stream, you know, which mm. is slowly being slowly being cut off. But um, somewhere in the center of the earth, there's a huge tree radiating little blue follower spirits and it's dying slowly because without its unobtainium, it's deleting my bots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're slowly running out. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I definitely think some of it's some of it's for clout, but I would like to make the distinction right here that we should start being doms for clout. You know, see, yeah. just just be like, oh, I, I'm going to step on you. See how people like that. Yeah, that's sort of my that's sort of more the energy I'd like to have. <laughs> Watch that crash and burn on the uh, line. I would like to be more like, oh, big tall lady. I'd love to uh, yell at you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. That's a, the vibe I want to cultivate. Um, speaking mm -hmm. of big tall ladies, that's a, from a video game. This is a video game podcast. It's called Game Boys. My name is Lux. Wow. Slam dunk on that one. Intro complete. God, <laughs> now that that homework's over. Oh, I didn't do it. Hi, I'm Griffin. <laughs> Got straight to shitting on the podcast before you could send your name. <laughs> and oh. of course, we're joined by producer extraordinaire Haley. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ones and twos, maybe even threes one day. <laughs> There's an, this is an episode. This is an episode where we have several topics. Yeah, it's a classic Lux and Griffin, Riff and Spliff. How are you Shoot feeling about shit. this episode before we get into it? I'm excited. I think the last two have been really fun because they've been like structured by E3, which has been nice. There's been stuff to talk about. Um, but we haven't talked a lot about having fun playing video games in a little yeah, while. Yeah, we, we haven't. We haven't um, done that. And, you know, as you say E3, it's like there's like a million games that I didn't even know happened at E3 that I like got intrigued by, too. But it's like so overwhelming. I don't even want to I can't even look back anymore. I just got to wait for them to come out. Right. There's a certain like it's almost it, the thing it reminded me of the most is uh, at, so at WrestleMania now, like WrestleMania weekend, every indie show also does a show like in the town where WrestleMania is over the course of that weekend. Mm. Um, and so there's too like many a, stories, a million great matches, like a million stories. Yeah. And like, 
I love all this shit, but like I can't fucking follow it all. There's way too much. Um, yeah. And stuff gets lost in the shuffle. And I think that E3, it sort of has the same thing where like a lot of indies and stuff put their game announcements out around the same time because like everyone's Googling video game announcements or whatever. So the SEO is strong. But like I can't I can't track that shit. <laughs> I think our coverage, I think where our coverage really lacked was in the indie department because we were able to sort of get the big hits from each conference. But man, over the last week or two, I keep on seeing links to other indies that got released there that looked really fucking cool. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. But no, we're not talking about E3. We're talking about games. We're talking about two games. We're talking about Ratchet and Clank, right? Talking about Ratchet and Clank. Uh, and of course, The Stranger of paradise or from paradise i don't remember stranger of paradise stranger of paradise incredible what a incredible title a, it like that really sets the tone for the whole game but we'll get into that we can talk let's talk ratchet and clank first uh and then yeah we can poke around at the like, games we're playing otherwise because like i've been playing spellcaster university and stuff and we can talk about some of that stuff but first and, and we also have an update on the on the hot tub meta that oh. i'd like to uh uh, cap the episode with okay you want to cap it with that so we'll get we'll get there so we'll tantalize them yeah so stay tuned for me and griffin sort of uh meta esports analysis of twitch the streaming website um but before that let's uh let's talk about ratchet and clank i think it's thing to start with it's fun as shit is the my number one takeaway yeah, it's just it's just really solid. It just it's just a solid ass video game. I was worried because it was $70, but it feels like if you're going to pay $70 to play a game on the PS5, this is the one to do it. Yeah, I think the thing about it that really pops me is that th- it really does make use of all the hardware in a really fun way. And that gets so much mileage from me. Because it does make it feel unlike other video games. Like, even though it is pretty much gameplay wise, very similar to tons and tons of games I've played before. It And similar to even the original Ratchet and Clank. Totally. Like, you know. Yeah, 100%. And all the sequels. Like, it's all the same shit. But it feels different because it has, because it plays with the haptic feedback, because it plays with the varying vibrations, because it plays with the, the adjustable triggers. Like, that... Those small things just make it feel, make the physical experience of it and thusly sort of the, the sort of memory experience of it just a distinct thing. And that's sort of what I associate with my favorite sort of new console experiences is feeling like I'm doing something new and different. Right. right. I remember like early PS4 games when you could get like really crazy 1080 graphics right away. It was like mind bending. Or like what Skyrim looked like on a 360 was like crazy at the time. And I think because of the pandemic and because of other stuff we've talked about, that didn't really happen for the PS5 right away, which was a bummer. Um, But now it exists a little bit. And that's very cool to imagine what that's going to become eventually. It is truly like the first real next gen game. I mean, like Spider-Man was for the also last gen and demon souls was a next gen looking version of an old ass game. So like there never really was that game to say like, yeah, like this is a, this is the promise of next gen. Like you never really had the next gen moment until this game. Cause I mean, just like looking at it from the opening level, it's almost hard to look at because so much animation is rendered on screen it is it is like the the pixar uh, like of video games in like every single frame to the point where like 
uh, I was playing it with Gretchen and she was like, I feel like I'm watching like a roller coaster movie, like a movie that's on a roller coaster. Uh, and it has that that constant like momentum. And I, I mean, my big takeaway from this game is God of War 2 fucked up. Like, like, like that's that's <laughs> knew, my big takeaway from this I game. I knew it. Um, Just in every moment, I'm like, wow, like this could be what God of War 2 is like. And it won't be yeah and it's just like because because half of the shit that ratchet and clank does in this game just could not be processed on a ps4 yeah see so my take on that i think i agree with you but i don't think i can concretely 100 percent be on board with this until i play final fantasy remake integrate on the ps5 because i think that's like a real test of how a super high end PS4 game can translate to the PS5 and if there's a difference and I've played the PS4 version of remake and so playing the PS5 version because I've said on the podcast I don't think that they can code two different games with two different systems really um but I don't know that right that's like a speculative claim based on like stuff I do know um and so if integrate really does feel different and like look different and play different then I might have a little more faith in God of War 2 I don't expect this to be the case. I expect you to be correct about this. Um, yeah. It, it, there also don't seem like direct comparisons either because it's like working off the framework of a PS4 game, you know? Yeah. Whereas Ratchet and Clank is not. Well, right. No, that's why. Right. That's why I don't think. Right. That's why. Right. So maybe, maybe I'm, just myself. I'm, I'm comparing Final Fantasy to God of War 2. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah In the yeah, sense yeah, that I like see, if Final Fantasy plays really different and cool I, I on the PS5, saying. then I have a little yeah. more faith that God of War 2 could still access that experience where Ratchet and Clank did. Again, I think this probably won't happen, but I'm holding out hope. I think maybe just out of like pure, like naive wanting the thing I want to be good. So when they do those jumps, it's it's like what they would it's like what you do as a PC gamer to like turn the settings up is essentially what they're doing there. Whereas like what Ratchet and Clank is doing is like in the fundamental designs of the levels, how you move through them and everything going on around you is designed with that hardware in mind, which is what makes it so singular and so just unreal to look at. Um, you know, yeah. And my, my hope is that maybe it's the inverse for get out of war where it's, they make it for the PS five and figure out how to backscale it for PS four. Again, I don't think that's true. I think I'm being optimistic because I really want that game to be good because I really want to have I because I think like God of War, the 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 first God of War, the PS4 God of War was like such an awesome video game experience. Like we did like multiple episodes about it. I remember I'm going to play it again on the PS5 in 4K. I remember both of us just like losing our shit when it came out and like texting about how crazy it was and how fun it was and how cool it was. And so, like, there's a part of my brain that's just like, I want that again. Right. And so I think there's I think that I'm I'm making a not unreasonable hope, but I think a lot of it is grounded exclusively in that. This is the thing that I want. And I hope it works. Do you know what I mean? Well, 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 God of War 2 is going to still work and be a good game. It just feels like a missed opportunity at the end of the day. Right. But if, um, if God of War 2 feels like more of God of War PS4. It's not going to like juice me the way God of War PS4 did. You know what I mean? And I want to be juiced in that way. Yeah. Um, that's like yeah. what I'm like holding out for. <laughs> that's that. That's the way. That's the only way I can be juiced at this point. Um, yeah. You're getting diminishing returns on your juice and it happens to the best of us. Uh, yeah. Like uh, so. So that's like on the technical level. Like it is really, really beautiful. Like I, I do find it, it. It feels kind of like especially with this game and the graphics it kind of just feels like like kind of like kid star wars meets 
Monsters Inc. in terms of like the animation style of all the like aliens and like uh, it's just a r- really, really beautiful world. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like the the, it, the art style is great, but um, this fucking PS5 controller, man. I mean, Ratchet and Clank has always been a game about getting all sorts of different weapons and gadgets and sort of like their feels and stuff like that. Um, and that's like super cool. But I mean, with the controller on this one, like the vibrations and the little sounds that come out of it, it feels like every time you switch weapons, your controller is like turning into that gun. Uh, and it really brings you into like that different gun. Yeah. The thing, this is a weird thing, but when I was playing it for the first time or for the first time when I got it, the thing it reminded me of a lot is why I love the pod racing scene in episode one so much, which isn't like Sebulba being silly or any of the other stuff. It's that I really love the like clicking of the buttons and how janky everything is and how lived in the like click, 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 flipping switches. And it gives you that feeling like you're hearing your like the sound of changing guns, kind of the controller, the vibrations feel different. It makes you feel like you're in it doing the thing in a way that is like so immersive. And like to me, as like someone who talks about video games a lot for this and for work and who plays them a lot for fun, um, like it's so cool to imagine what you can do with that, right? Like Ratchet and Clank is awesome, but it also feels like kind of the tip of the iceberg in that respect. It totally does feel like the tip of the iceberg in that respect. And also I'm like, you know, a game like Call of Duty, like is going to like have a whole next like meta generation based around this stuff. And they just haven't been there yet. But like people get so obsessed with their gun that they love and the feel of it in Call of Duty. And like, and like this PS5 shit isn't even involved yet. Yeah. Like, like, like when Call of Duty gets around to like building in like that stuff into, into the games, like, wow, I just can't even imagine like what that's going to feel like. And I'm just like, yeah, like this is the reason to buy a PS5. This is the reason to like get this console. It's not because it goes to X amount more resolution. It's because of this fucking controller. Yeah, I I totally. Cause, and like, this kind of goes back to what I I was saying about that just feeling of newness, right? Like. We've reached a point, I think, and I think PlayStation, I did this. And I think Nintendo's also, I did this. And I think one of the Xbox's problems is that they have not clocked this yet, which is that like, you're going to people, if people want 4k graphics, they're just going to buy a fucking PC and a nice monitor, right? Like at a certain point, high level graphics are like, that's not the console thing anymore. That used to be the console thing. The console thing used to be like, your computer can't do this shit. Your computer sucks. It's for word processing. That's just not the way it is anymore. We have gaming rigs that can do all this shit totally. And anyone that understands what refresh rate is already is getting a PC. Yeah, totally. Like, like, and anyone who doesn't, it is fine with the console. Right. So it has to do something, have like fundamentally on a hardware level to distinguish itself from the PC. Right. Like that's part of what consoles would do now. The Switch mm-hmm. has that because the Switch is small. It's portable. It's. Like it's lightweight. You can play it on the subway. You can play it in, in your car if you're parked um, or if you're driving in crazy. Um, like those are options. And then the PS5 has this controller, which is the same sort of thing. It's a, a new way to let you access these games, not in a different space way, but in a different experience way and different like tactile way. And like, I mean, Xbox is biffing it by not having that. But I think it's really cool. And like you and I have talked about excited. We were about this a lot of times. But it's really cool to see what it looks like when people are designing for that. Um, Xbox has something like that, but it's not as good. Um, they've had something sim- like kind of like that since last Xbox, but it just is not. It's nowhere near the same. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, they're definitely going to copy it. I am excited 
to, and we should probably just have Rory on now that he has the Xbox one day to have him compete, like let him tell us about the difference in the controllers. But it, it just feels like this is like, I finally get why, why PS five, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I, click is the answer. It's like, tell everyone like you play this game and you know why you bought it. Right. And the only thing that was close to that was like Astro's playroom, which was very fun but really felt like a tech exhibition in a really dry way. And Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank feels like a game designed around these mechanics. And yeah. that's, and that feels great. And not to mention that like it has a fun story. All the characters are fun and silly. There's goofy jokes. It has a real aesthetic to it. It's like a moving little friendship story. And like people have to reckon with it. Like there's all kinds of other good shit in there, right? Like it's that this works for two reasons. One is that it's doing the design shit really great. But that wouldn't hit the same way if the game itself didn't also totally work as a game, which it also super does. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that like that's exciting because it it was like there like you've been more down to the PS5 than me. But I think both of us have been like, like, when when is this thing going to start being worth it? And I wasn't and I did not think Ratchet and Clank was going to be the reason either. I was like, that game I won't play because it's seventy dollars. Um, but then it did. And then I was yeah. like, wow, this is, it, it really surprised me. And I'm so happy it did. Cause you know, we want a reason to play these things, but like, yeah, I mean, I am, I, 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 out of all the things that I really like about this game, I mean, I really like the voice acting. I really like that. It's a, a game that has open world side stuff. That's just as fun as the main stuff that there's no bad part of this game. Like, like there's a, there's these little side objectives where like you, you have this little computer named glitch. It's a super cute little spider robot and you go and like you kill viruses and like even that shit rocks. Like every part of it feels good and rocks. And, and that's always really, really sweet. Um, but I, I'm like not fully like in love with the story of this one. Um, I never really like stories that like hop too much between <laughs> dimensions, ironically, because I feel like it's hard for me to really track anything that's like being accomplished in the in the universe because of that. Um, I felt the same way about like Bioshock Infinite that I didn't feel like I like understood the story and arc of the city because they kept on just jumping through time too many times. Um, whereas like in Rapture and Bioshock, I could like understand the story of that city. Yeah. Uh, with this. So with this stuff, like I'm like, there's this girl version of Ratchet and it's like they don't they never really interact for most of the story, which I also thought was not great. Um, and it, the story is definitely the worst part, in my opinion, or not bad, but definitely not memorable see i liked i liked the story and here's why i liked that the girl ratchet and alt universe clank weren't friends um and i thought that it was really interesting to explore the nature of those like dynamics and relationships and it felt very like uh very like a fun way to think about that those games that was different from the way that i've always thought about and played them I do. I do feel you. There was like not as much of a sense of like mise en place. Like there wasn't like a real place to it. Um, And I I think that like a lot of I think both of us favorite games have that right. Like you've got that in Bioshock. You've got that in Bloodborne and the Dark Souls games. You've got that in 
your might and magics and even Diablo but, shit. Yeah. But, but even in the original Ratchet and Clank, like there was this leader Drex who was like ripping parts of planets away to build a new planet. And each planet you went to was trying to stop him from doing that until he built like this ultimate horrible planet out of all the planets he'd like pulled pieces from. Uh, and so it's like you're you're adding that story up in your head. You're tracking it. I'm not really tracking like what's going on with like the, the villain is very absent from a lot of it. Um, and it's like we're not it's kind of just like about fixing the dimension machine. And, and I just I, I, di- I wasn't really enthused with the main plot of the, of the thing. But every planetary vibe was great. Like once you got to a planet, the vibe there was fun. Uh, and specific, but ultimately I thought that was just like the weakest part. And then another part that I found unfortunately weak was the fact that we're switching between Ratchet and Rivet, but they don't have separate powers or abilities and nothing really distinguishes them other than one has a female voice. And and I felt like it was just a missed opportunity to have a slightly different platforming movement or um, just any kind of addition there. I think it just felt like a space where an idea should have happened and didn't. Yeah. That's, that's where I a hundred percent am with you on that being a problem with the game. Cause like, like I said, I like the hopping around. It has like a Star Warsy feel to it. Like everywhere you go, you discover new places, new stuff. That's fun. It's adventurous, whatever. Um, and I love that shit. But I did not like that Ratchet and Rivet played the same just because it was like, like you said, it's a missed opportunity. Like you have all this cool shit going on with the design of the game, with the way the game feels and stuff that you get to do. And it felt like a really easy way to introduce some other stuff or like play with the stuff you already know or complicate how the puzzles work or like whatever that they just chose not to do. And like, Therefore, there can be a million reasons for that. And maybe there are good reasons why they didn't do it. Who knows? But it did just feel like, oh, there was this chance to do this really cool thing. And instead, we just did this very straightforward thing. And while the game mostly rules, that is sort of a bummer of a of a thing, because it, it did feel like it was missing a little bit of possible pizzazz. And like it's one of those things where I think this happens to games a lot where it's like this game's great. I love it. It's awesome for the system. This rules. And now, like, something stuck in my head. I said, Like I said about the fucking leaves last time, right? It's like these little things that get stuck in my head because it's like uh, this game is so close to being like the exact game I want it to be. And I can see how it is the exact game I want it to be. And it's just not doing that. I mean, it's it's but it's just but it's solid. But it's like, great. I mean, it's, it's really fun. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I am I, pro it. I would also say a big part of Ratchet and Clank games is the unlocking of gadgets. And I don't like that you're just given all the gadgets at the beginning. Um, a, like a really big part of every Ratchet game is like, oh, there's this area with a hook shot. Damn, I need to like get the hook shot on this other planet and like compete th- this mission. Then I'll come back to this planet with my hook shot and be able to use the hook shot to get to that platform. Those things were all built in to the, like the incentives and structure of Ratchet and Clank games. Uh, and it felt just sort of like a watered down version if you just have all your gadgets. Um, yeah. And it seems like all of these types of decisions, whether it's from making Ratchet and Rivet to have the same exact play style to having all the gadgets unlocked at once, is that they just wanted to create the smoothest roller coaster that like like almost just like never stops the momentum of it. And like, I think that is like super effective, but like 
rarely am I revisiting planets uh, except to like 100% by grabbing like that last little side item or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was another, you know, maybe thing that could be improved on, but like, it's clear that their focus was on creating this roller coaster like experience that is truly unlike anything I, I probably have seen in a game, uh, to this date. Uh, so fuck yeah. Ratchet and Clank. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, I'm ha- I'm. This is a good segue. I'm pretty happy with it more so than I am with this other game we're about to talk about. <laughs> oh, that's a good segue. That's it would have been segue. if I hadn't. It would have been if I hadn't flagged it. Um, I just let one of my inside thoughts out my mouth <laughs> too quick. All right, let's, let's 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 play something. Let's play some fucking music yeah, right some, now. Let's get some <laughs> yeah, some absolute <laughs> fucking butt. <laughs> some absolute butt rock. <laughs> Um, pumping through the speakers because let's talk about fucking Stranger of Paradise. <laughs> Who are you? Are you the Stranger of Paradise? <laughs> yeah, it's that's so the vibe, man. Um, all right, well, why don't you start this one off? Because you're pretty high. You were higher this game than me. So, what did you think about this one? <laughs> well, of course, guys, the demo for the number one game from the E3 announcements, Square Enix's Stranger of Paradise, was they released a demo for PS5 only owners. That's right. Um, and me and Lux, of course, had to check it out after that incredible. What I say chaotic trailer that extremely weird trailer <laughs> so basically it was final fantasy's attempt at a making their own version of a dark souls type game except people really flagged this game for having absurd voice acting that was incredibly repetitive all centered around finding chaos and killing him it looks like chaos beat us here <laughs> um the other the other big note was that the three protagonists look like they're all from separate games and all like all have really, really on and like flat on its face voice acting. I lost. I lost it laughing at the opening shot of the demo when you see all three of them lined up because it really is just like, what are you doing? Like these three guys, this is like a crossover movie with no context. Like what is happening here? Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, Visually, it feels like it's like it's fun to see all of their worst instincts like melt, like form together into like a a behemoth of, uh, you know, stupidity. Uh, It's uh, but folks, I love the game. Folks, so what do you, folks, what do you love? Surprise. The game is good. What do you, Um, what makes you say these things? So it is a complicated battle system. It's interesting because, you know, it's Dark Souls only in the format of you go through a specific amount of areas before you reach another bonfire type object that lets you re-health and re-potion and where you move on to the next. There's a little bit of a targeting and a dodge system that's similar. But other than that, they've added quite a few really fascinating Final Fantasy elements to where... I kind of had this idea while playing it where I was like, oh, like Souls is almost now a genre like Battle Royale is. And now it's really up to interesting companies and interesting developers 
to just develop for that genre. And that's what this game actually surprised me and felt like because they added all these new ideas. Dark Souls is very simple. You roll, you decide what kind of big or small sword you want to swing, and you work on that that rhythm. With this game, there's all sorts of different things that you have to do in the combat. Sometimes you have to absorb someone's power and shoot it back at them. Sometimes you have to... Um, switch classes to defeat someone. And there's a whole stagger system involved too. Uh, and so you, I find myself juggling these like three to four systems of battle uh, in order to sort of uh, exploit weaknesses as fast as possible because they will throw really big packs of enemies at you and you need to like stagger them effectively. And so it's, it, it's, it, it, it turns into something that's way not a Souls game pretty quickly. Yes, agreed on that front. Um, so here's my thing. I agree with all of that. I just think the combat system is overwrought. I agree, um, a little bit. To the point where it kind of made it not that fun. Hmm. Um, there's stuff I like. I, I think my big problem is the Soul Shield and like the absorbing power stuff. I love the Soul uh, Shield. I, I am not surprised. Oh, that feels like a much more you mechanic than me. It just makes it feel like I don't like that timing becomes integral to getting the cool Final Fantasy stuff. I think like for some reason that doesn't bother me as much in a Dark Souls setting, like in a Dark Souls setting, it being hard to get things feels correct to me um, and feels good Uh, in this game. It's like, look, I'm a huge fucking dude with a crazy sword like I should just get to shoot fireballs. I feel like it. Or whatever well, you, you you do. I mean, did you beat the game? I haven't, the been, I haven't beat the demo yet. I got a couple hours in. Oh, okay. Well, so, well, so you do get to shoot magic and fireballs and stuff. But you have to like, absorb the, the, it from guys. <laughs> no, um, there uh, there's different uh, jobs that you that you literally switch between in battle. Right. Okay. Um, I started and, to get to touch that, and that's fun to me. I like that. So literally, what's super cool then is like you you technically are in a trio, but you don't really gear your buddies. You only gear yourself, but you have different job forms, and you can switch with between them instantly in battle. So like, I will go from like my lancer character with a spear and I'm like spearing and like an aerial character because they're weak to spear damage. Boom. I stagger them. Then I switch and now I'm a sorcerer and I cast a wa- a water wave at an enemy that's on fire. Boom. They're staggered. Then I'm switching back into my spear character to do like big, heavy physical damage on both of them stunned. It's like really, really fun. Yeah. Um, and, and something that was frustrating to me about, about Dark Souls games is that they had all these different classes, but they're incredibly opaque and you had to have a very specific plan in order to get the effectiveness of your class out. And so like in Dark Souls games, I never play magic. Magic. I never play any of the weirder specs because they're really, really opaque and hard to understand. But like this game's like, no, like, like what if you could play a Dark Souls game where you're all the classes at once and you have to like switch between them? And, that, and, that, and that's really, really fun to think about. Um, yeah. So like that's like a big agreement point for me. Like I I came away from what I played of the, of the demo. I'm going to play the rest of it eventually. What I came away with, though, was being like, I could imagine this game becoming fun at a point like that. There is the tools in there to make it really interesting. And it sounds like from what you're saying that maybe if I'd played it for a couple hours more before I had to go to work this morning, I might have gotten to that point and feel a lot better about it Um, because it is overwrought. But it does like I think you, you, you said the exact thing that I have in my notes, which is that like it does let you be all the Dark Souls classes and like mm-hmm. in a way that in Dark Souls, it's a bummer because like 
even like it just you really have to like be like this is what I'm doing right and even in something like Diablo at least each class has like a variety of weird skills that can kind of overlap in different fun ways um in Dark Souls it's like you're a big sword boy you're a fire boy you're a faith boy or whatever um and this lets you really mix and match and that to me does seem fun it felt unwieldy to me because it's so big and complicated that might just be time and practice and practice but like yeah I I there is something there is some there there that I'm very intrigued by. The demo is fucked up because there is maybe even like arguably like too many systems, certainly. And like they're told they're, you, you have to learn them like all at once. Uh, and like so it took me a while to like figure out why they were all meaningful. But then there'd be like a battle where there's like three different types of enemies. A goblin would like throw a rock at me. I'd, I'd soul shield it. And now I've absorbed the rock power. And then I'm throwing rocks at a fire enemy and that's weakening him and then i'm like switching over and i'm like sucking his fireball and using that fireball on the third enemy who's weak to fire and it's just like i'm like doing all these different weakness combos kind of like in real time in my head and it felt kind of like when you're like in a Sekiro battle or something, you're just like doing deflections and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was really interesting. It was really fun. And also like the costumes are so fucking cute. And like I had a sort and, and I had a sorcerer outfit and you change the gear per job. So like when you're instant switching between them, like you're like dressed like a swordsman and then all of a sudden you're dressed in like a robe with like a cute little mask on and you're like a sorcerer and you're just like instant shape forming between the two. Uh, while like you're just having, having this like voice actor who's doing like dad rock just be like you're dust yeah totally. <laughs> it's just like i'm like this is awesome there is there is something really alluring about because what they're trying to do to me anyway uh or like what it appears like to me is like they're trying to let you play a real act like a real-time final fantasy game where you get to play but you don't have to like not like you get to play as all the classes Right. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the thing is that like a real time individual Final Fantasy game, like theoretically, you'd be the sword guy, you'd be the white mage, the blue mage or whatever. Um, This lets you be all of them. And that's very cool to me. It just felt very overwhelming to keep track of. But I think the more we're talking about it, the more I feel like that might have just been that I played this in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And that like if I'd played it post coffee and a little bit more focused, I think that I could have maybe gotten more into it because the there is something very appealing to me about a final fantasy story where i'm every job at once um that does seem kind of sweet it it, and and it is very it's just it's just very interesting and it is a little bit to wrap your mind around so it might not be for everyone but i found myself surprised at how much i got into the combat um the final boss of the demo is challenging and like really really fun to figure out all the different ways you can counter his abilities with your abilities. It's like, it's like a fun math to figure out that that did feel like a next generation idea on the soul genre, because typically when I'm looking at a soul's boss, I'm just figuring out how to get up behind his ass and like smack him on the ass. Yeah. And it's like my, like my, the intellectual process is like usually like not that much higher than that. Sekiro definitely raised the IQ bar in terms of like things you have to think about. Um, but this game was like, Oh yeah. Like he has like five different things going on that I should like pay attention for and can counter in different ways. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was like super, super fun. Just seems like a game, a game bursting with like lots of ideas and this hilarious, like, like 
Sons of Anarchy vibe. Yeah, everything going is on. dark and spiky <laughs> and guitar. Um, yeah, and that's not bad per se. I mean, I kind of love that shit. Um, it's just very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah, has like so, a bit of a tone. Pro- I, that's another thing is, and I don't think it's going to matter that much. It doesn't feel like a very story centric game. But I think that when it gets narrativized in a real way, it's go. There are parts that are going to feel very stupid. Um, yeah, but that's and they say it's not even launching till like 2022 or whatever. Right? Yeah. yeah, like and the demo was like the demo might not be anything like the game that you play. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This could be. This could. This could just be the best it ever gets right here. Yeah, you know, or it could be nothing like it. But yeah, I'm. You've you've made me more excited than I was after I played it this morning. I was pretty down on it after I played it, but now I, I feel a little bit more excited to to play it. I got to try. There's also a Scarlet Nexus demo that came out that I would like to try as well. And this is like another great reason to have a PS5, folks, because there continues to be just exclusive demos for shit like that are only on PS5, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And and it and like it is. And there does there's like a nature is healing vibe to all of this, I think, where it's like, <laughs> oh, we're back in that zone where like games are coming out and we're getting excited about them. We're playing demos and we're talking about them on the podcast and then like new games mm-hmm. come out. And, we're pl- and like there's a it it feels a lot more a lot like video game ecosystem feels a lot more alive right now than it has mm-hmm. for a while. And that's exciting as someone who spends a lot of time th- playing and thinking about video games. Mm-hmm. And thinking of things to fill the time on the podcast. Um, so there is you folks, you've waited, you've held off long enough. We're going to talk about an update to the steamy saga that is the twitch.tv hot tub meta. Uh, Haley, can you put in some like bubbling, like the like a hot tub sound of like jets and uh, bubbles here? I'll just turn mine on right here. <laughs> excellent work excellent foley uh, you know you know how you know how a switch sounds like a hiss yeah yeah that's the sound you made is the number one sound i associate with a hot tub uh so when last we left off you know the hot tub meta was thriving in its own section called uh pools hot tubs and beaches but the biggest most successful hot tub meta streamers they ditched that quick. <laughs> they ditched that shit super quick. And they went back to just chatting with new ideas and new thoughts. And late Friday evening, Twitch had to ban content creators Amaranth and Indie Fox, two of the sexiest online streamers, for um what it deemed as sexually aggressive content there is a new meta and it is the ear lick microphone meta okay so have you seen these have you have you seen these horrible horrible ear portals i saw the video of amaranth with the horse mask Okay, well, we'll get to that okay, one in a second. Cool. And then I saw a couple of clips of this stuff, and I I didn't watch a lot of it because I don't like ASMR. Period. So um, you guys know how you guys know how like the a flashlight looks like a weird like skinny like weird fleshy thing at the end of a tube. And that's what these ear things are too. They're like ear flashlights, uh, with like an what looks like an ear skin ear sticking at the end of a tube, and 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 that's what 
ASMR people use to get those really intense click and sound things, which doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, isn't a good microphone going to be better than that fucking ear tube? I don't get it. It's like, I think it's meant to like facilitate a specific resonance. And so again, and it's a resonance that I fucking hate. Um, So it was hard for me to look into this too deeply because every video I watched made me feel uncomfortable physically. Yes. It's like, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like really uncomfortable. It's like some weird kind of torture. I'm convinced people are using it to hurt their, their victims. And that's it. Isn't that like part of like the weird ASMR magic is that's like cilantro and that for some people's ears, it's like the best. And for some people's ears, it tastes like so. Hmm. Um, and I think that you and I are just both soapier guys, like or like Super Smash Bros. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's less of a biology thing, more of a taste thing. But sure, also that. Um, but yeah, I think no, it tastes like soap to me when I play Super <laughs> Smash Bros. <laughs> that's like a synesthesia thing, and I think that that's something you gotta <laughs> get looked at. But um, but yeah, I think so. It's, it was hard to research, but either way, like people love this shit because there are some people that it gives like a really pleasant feeling to. Um, mm-hmm. but right. God damn it. I might not one of them. I fucking hate yeah. it. It makes me so it, uncomfortable. Physically. It, it feels bad, but visually it's even worse. It looks horrible. I'd rather it be a flashlight. It, I, mean, I gotta, let me see if I can find one of these things. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah here we go. Oh, they're so it's bad. Ear ASMR mic. I'm gonna look for, I'm gonna image one of these. Okay. So these ones are, there's, there's one that looks like two sets of ears. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's one that is just one big ear on a tube, and and that's the one I've been seeing some people talking to lately. Um, and uh, yeah, apparently she was just like licking it too hard, I guess. Um, and uh, she was she was banned. But then there was also something called a horseplay, and this one was also you know I mean I, I, this sounds like I'm kink shaming, but it, I'm not. It just upset me. This is the one that I clocked organically without you sending me anything. Well, then you get to describe this so one. So what I saw, and so I have less Twitch context than you, but what I saw was a lady in a horse mask with the mic inside the horse mask making some slurpy, whispery sounds and jumping up and down, um, mm-hmm. which hard to really put together into co- a coherent image that I can understand. It's because you're not a Zoomer, and 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 what what the state of the Zoomer is, is that no one watches human porn. Everything is as a unicorn fucking a buff snake with I mean, a six pack, and 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 it's gotten deeply into to animal and like half human half animal eroticism. Yeah, that sounds. Like About the days right. of the the days of the pizza delivery man are over. Big sausage now pizza like, retired. Big sausage, big sausage furry pizza. Yeah. All coming in. There it is. Yeah, it's like um, I think that's part of it. Um, I think it's also just like whatever someone could accidentally like <laughs> consider sexual. I don't know. It's it was it was upsetting. It it looked like watching someone who was in pain. Yeah, it looked weird and uncomfortable and painful in that way. It also made me feel old. Mm, Just and that's the biggest crime of all. No, I mean everything makes me feel old. I've a I have a bad knee. Um, I never don't <laughs> feel old. Um, but it so was, you couldn't have done the horseplay. No, it would hurt. I, I, 
probably couldn't have, um, or at least I would have been really risking my physical comfort. Um, but uh, it just like made me feel old because it was just sort of like people are horny for this. And there's like a small piece of my brain that can understand conceptually that that's true. But like, I can't be horny for it. I can't imagine a world where I am horny for it. Um, and it feels like they've invented a new kind of sex that I'm not allowed to have. Just, let's 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 watch it together right now. Okay. I just linked it to sure. you. All right. Well, All I'll, right. I'll die. I'll die on the podcast today, I guess. Um, all right. She's losing her mind. I'm what playing. the fuck? All right. I'm playing it also. It's not. She's also like in an Overwatch, like a diva costume. Yeah. No, it's a Spider Man. No, it's a Gwen Stacy costume. Yeah, she's doing Gwen Stacy. There also, we go. There this it is, is not what horses are like. This is like someone wants to, like, if someone wanted their a horse to attack their penis. Hmm. Like one sub equals 30 seconds of licking. It's like, what? That's a lot. The, a, that's a lot. And B, that's a lot. What? And then right below 20, it is right below it is her doing it with a pigeon mask. So twenty five dollars is name on the board. Fifty is name on body. Two hundred and fifty is a follow back. Okay, let's raise some money for that. I'd love for her to have to follow Game Boy's pod. Yeah, fucking let's get Amaranth on Shroom. Get Amaranth on Shroom Room. Two hundred. Alex. Yeah, that's two hundred fifty. That's not bad. Um, five hundred dollars to put on the horse mask. So okay. So, so someone spent. That's the craziest shit in the world. Someone spent five hundred dollars to do that. That's not, I guess. Yeah. I feel like if you were to just like hire a sex worker, in it, it would maybe be a little less than that. And you could probably give them a horse mask if you had one lying around. Well, I'm saying yeah, you would provide the horse mask, and if you right. asked, if you just needed them to like act like a horse or whatever. Yeah, totally. It's just like it's. I feel like it's these things where like my part of my brain wants to like make fun of it and be like this sucks and stupid. But I think mostly it's just like there really is like a world of stuff and experience out there that is just like so not it's just not for me, you know, and that's fine and it exists. But apparently Twitch does not think it's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, this stuff is just like. It's weird because it's like they went from like being as probably as like sexually revealing as possible in terms of skin to like something way more upsetting. <laughs> so like I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm in a weird place where it's like, yeah, what what can they do? Like their advertisers are gonna be bailing. Um and also it's like I already know that one of them, Indie Fox, is immediately streaming back on today. And it's like there have been streamers who have been permabanned from one offense and never allowed back on. Right. And so it just seems to be that it's like this frustrating thing. For not just like streamers who have to play by the rules constantly, but also like all the audiences that like like streamers and don't want their streamer to be banned. Feels like the communities are are starting to be really frustrated that like certain people are sort of allowed to be like TOS terrorists in a way. Right. Well, like in- and like they can constantly are rewarded and like allowed back on sometimes within 24 hours. And like it's weird because it's like I'm not trying to police anyone, uh, but it's like this like there there's like like all of these are linking to their only fans right. and it's like they don't have a like a right to the twitch platform like they can still keep creating content on only fans which is explicitly for this type of content um but i think that 
the reason that these people do it on Twitch is because they know that they're rare and like they will get attention for doing it on Twitch. It's, it's a smaller pond for that content. And I think also Twitch suffers from an issue of spirit versus letter of the law with the TOS stuff. Like, I think they want people to do weird, expressive things and play with the space a little bit. But it seems like they don't know where the bright line is for them. And totally. so it encourages people to push it. And then when they get dinged for it, a lot of times they can be like, well, this was not clear. And because it wasn't clear. Um, and it incentivizes this kind of shit. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, fucking go lick something on Twitch and link to your OnlyFans. That's fine. Um, it just like, like you said, I think the frustration that people have about that. Well, some of the frustration about this is just like weird massages bullshit. We'll sideline that because that's inevitable and stupid. Um, I think some of the more good faith frustration that exists is that like, look, these people play in like a gray area of the TOS rules. Um, and so it's impossible for us to know as fans, like if they'll get dinged or not. And like what that means for people we like who got dinged for writing the TOS, if they did it in a more explicit way. And it just makes the TOS feel very flimsy because there's a, not a clear right line for any and that, stuff. But that, and like that clarity is not due to incompetence. That clarity is to protect the company and allow the company to never have to be consistent with anything, because if they establish something on one end, then they're going to have to hold themselves to the standards they set. And so Twitch and all sorts of other platforms too, like do have very at times opaque TOS. I mean, even with like politics and new stuff, listen, people got banned on Facebook for stuff that you're allowed to post. That's for stuff that Jon Stewart's saying right now on national TV. Like, like there are like opaqueness and there are biases to these TOSs and it's on purpose so that they can act with like out impunity in whatever way that they need to at a given moment, as opposed to being held to standards they set for themselves. Yeah, totally. And I think that like, if you want to have a platform where this kind of shit happens and all this weird stuff, I think that rules. I almost prefer that to the alternative, um, but make that your platform. Um, and if you want to have a very regulated gaming platform, make that your platform. But trying to like put a foot in both pools leads to a lot of fans not understanding what to expect or a lot of creators not knowing how to follow the rules. And I think that that's like the last thing you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, whatever I watched just now is the last thing that I personally want, but that doesn't mean it can't exist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's cool. Go for it. Um, but, uh, I'm sending this one to the glue factory. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's right. I think it's time to uh, to make ourselves a little Elmer's out of uh, both this trend and this episode because I got to run. Uh, Griffin, you got anything you'd like to plug this week? Uh, no, but uh, you know what? Follow me on Twitter. I got a, a new video. Twitter.com slash Griffin V. Davis. I watched Thank it this you, morning. Alex. It was very good. Thank you. Um. We're starting to make more videos, trying to make one a week. So go follow me there at twitter.com. Griffin P. Davis. Thank you very much. Cool. Uh, follow me on uh, Twitter at tailboy, T-A-I-L-B-O-I, because um, of the tail that I had when I was born. Um, and check out, uh, keep following me there. And also check out Forrest at Do Nots to f learn about Stream Megami Tensei, which is probably coming this weekend or the week after where I'll be trying to stream at least Shin Megami Tensei's one and two, and maybe also four in the lead up to 
Jimmy Gami Tensei 5's release uh, over on Twitch. I would be shocked if you find enough streaming time to do that. I think I can knock out one and two because they're a lot shorter. And I get to skip Nocturne. Uh, I get to skip Nocturne because I already beat it. Sure. Um, I've been trying to explain to Forrest that the odds of us getting anywhere in four are pretty much zero. But, you know, people like to plan ahead of themselves. People, they love to plan. Yeah, like you got 30 hours on one, 30 to 40 on two. Um, If I do some of the grinding on my own time, I think it's doable. But either way. Um whatever happens when five comes out, we'll just be streaming five there. Anyways, point is check it out. Follow. I've never been a streamer guy before. Just to get a Stern Griffin show. So come support me and make sure I don't have terrible anxiety and start to cry. Um, Cause who knows what'll happen. And also check out Haley on the memory static podcast and on Instagram and YouTube at eat every sound where she makes awesome ASMR stuff. Speaking of ASMR, hers doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. Cause it's just food getting chopped. And it's pretty cool. It sounds, yeah, it's, it, it doesn't, it's, it sounds, it sounds good. It doesn't sound like, like, Goodbye, everybody. It doesn't sound like saying goodbye. <laughs> Say goodbye at the end of the podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for that. <laughs>